morning, everyone. Thank you, Abby. It's always dangerous to give your, anybody a microphone that knows you. Um, Pastor Caleb and Rachel, they send their greetings. That's uh, Pastor Caleb, I believe it's his dad's 70th birthday party this weekend. So they're celebrating with family, and they send their love. Um, and uh, again, just so glad you guys came out on this holiday weekend and, you know, serve Jesus. It's good. Um, and before we start, I wanted to just, um, you know, talk about this. Have, has there ever been a moment in your life where you felt, and again, maybe it's just a moment, maybe it's a day, right? Maybe it's a week where you felt like everything at work, you kind of had under control, <laughs> right? I know you guys are laughing, right? Some of you are laughing. And you're like, yeah, I, I think I finally caught up. You know, I think I'm, you know, I'm back to new tasks and and, you know, maybe just like a minute, <laughs> right, or a day or an hour. And you're like, yeah, I got this. And I'm going to have Christopher and Sierra stand up. And, and so, so, yeah, you, you finally got like one, you know, one day, like, I got this. And then the, there's that one moment or that one day or that one hour, like you, you made dinner for the family. <laughs> And you got your kids to bed. They even had a bath. It's like, wow, that's awesome, right? And you cleaned up the dishes, and the house is semi-clean. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I got this. So throw me that ball, right? Okay, and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And, and then all those other responsibilities that you have, you know, uh, service in the community, you know, church stuff, maybe some other family obligations. Maybe, you know, you're taking care of your, you know, your, your mom or another relative or and you finally feel like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing a good job. So go ahead, throw that to me. Oh, let's try that again. Oh, let's try it again. It's when church illustrations go wrong. Throw it a little bit softer. All right. And, and you start juggling. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got this. I got this, right? And then all of a sudden... Somebody gives you a newborn baby. <laughs> the juggle is real, people. Right when you thought you had it all together, you had that one moment of clarity. You're like, I've just figured out, you know, my priorities and my schedule and everything's humming and, and all of a sudden everything changes, right? Let's just go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, today, God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence that's here, Lord, that you would truly speak into our hearts and our lives today. Lord, you know specifically, Lord, the things in our lives, Lord, and we pray that you would truly help us with our priorities, Lord, our purpose and our passions today. Lord, we need you to realign our lives. Lord, we say we can't do this on our own. We need you to show up. Lord Jesus, today, grant us the wisdom, Lord, and the peace, Lord, to run after you and the things that are important. Lord, so again, speak to our hearts and our lives today. And all God's people would say, amen. amen. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, the juggle is real. And I, I, I was a clown before I became a pastor. Not much has changed, apparently be doing balloon animals out in the lobby after the service. But I can only do dogs and things that look like dogs, so otherwise. Just... I did do a birthday party when I was a child as a clown, but that's another story, another sermon. So, um... But I want to start with this, uh, again, this other illustration today. There was a professor, and he had all this stuff on his desk, and people were coming into class, and they're like, you know, just, just kind of watching him get everything set up, and then he took, there was a big jar on his desk. Empty jar, you know, well, it had air in it, so okay, you feel like it's full of air. No, no, no. His empty jar, and he just started filling it with golf balls. Maybe you've heard this, it's okay, just humor me. Um, and he filled it with golf balls, and it's actually even like over the top, you know what I'm saying? Like they were even coming over the, the top. And so he's like, how many people, he's like, is this full? You know, it's empty and now it's full. And, and most of the class is like, yeah, yeah, it's full. And now everybody knows it's a trick, right? You know, so now you guys are all skeptical. And, he, and so he fills it up and then he grabs a bag of, of pebbles, you know, like the small ones you get for like a, 
like an aquarium for like your fish tank and uniform size pretty much. And what he does, he starts to pour them in on top of the golf balls and he gives it a shake. And all of a sudden, those pebbles, they start to find their way into the spaces in between the golf balls. Right now, so it's like, now it's full. So, so how many people say, now is it full? And people are like, ha, 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 okay, yeah, now it's full. And then he goes and he grabs a bag of sand, right? And not just like, you know, rocky sand, like really, really fine sand. And now he starts to pour that into this jar as well. Again, begins to shake it. And all of a sudden, that sand starts to find its way between the pebbles, right? And then by the end of it, you can barely even see the golf balls, except where they're touching the glass. Because it's full of sand. And then he pulls out two cups of coffee and goes and proceeds to pour them into the jar, right? And, and so then he keeps going, right? He's like, okay, class, open, you know, to chapter five, and we're going to pick up. And they're like, no, 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 wait a second. What are you talking about? What does this mean? And he said, the jar represents your life, right? You only have one jar. And we have to choose what we put in there. We only get one shot at this, right? And he said, the golf balls are the things that really matter. Your marriage, your kids, your family, your church life, your friends, your health. And he said, if if everything else in your life was taken away and you had those things, you would still have a full life. The most important thing. Then he said the pebbles represent the other lesser things that still matter, that are still important. He said, you know, your job, your career, your home, your finances, your hobbies, your passions, right? Things that are still important, but would be a second tier to those golf balls. He said the sand is everything else. It's the small things. like like people say, like the devil's in the details, right? Like all the little things that come and fill up our life. The things that if they weren't there, they don't really matter. They don't really, you know, take away from our happiness and our quality of life. And then the coffee, right? Coffee's a priority, right? So it's like, (laughs) preach my love language, right? And he said, so someone's like, well, okay, what's up with the coffee? And he said, no matter how full you think your life is, you always have time to sit down and have a cup of coffee with your friend. Amen? And so he, he uses this analogy and he talks about how the order matters. Right? Order, turn to your neighbor and say, order matters. And he says, what happens if you put the sand in first? Right? And then you put the rocks in. You know, there might not be room for the golf balls. Right? And there's an order that's important. Again, order matters. Think about, um, does anybody like put together Ikea furniture? <laughs> Just me or any other flat back furniture? Right, like newlyweds, yes, Ikea, right? Is that, has anybody ever got the order wrong? Just raise your hand, just like proud. Yes, I have, okay. Go to, go to that, that picture, I love this one. Oops, it's done, nailed it, right? Go to the other one. Don't think I'd want to sit on that chair, right? The order we do things matters, Right? The order that we put things in the jar of our life is very, very important. We're going to be talking about our priorities, our purpose, and our passion. And it's important in the kingdom. We're going to go to uh, the, the next slide there. It's um, Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40, and it says this. There's somebody who came up to Jesus and said, Hey, what's, what's the most important commandment? What's the greatest commandment? What's the first commandment? And Jesus responded and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. 
And it says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Well, uh, the message translation, I don't have it up here, but it says on these two, well, first of all, it says this is the first commandment, the first on any list. And it says the second is like unto it, next to it, but there's still a first and a next to it, right? There's still a divine order that God is releasing. And it also says in the message translation, it says on these two pegs hang, hang all the law in the scripture. And back in you know, Jesus' time, they didn't have a Bible like we have today, right? What did they have? They had a scroll, right? And so what they would do is they had two hooks, and you would literally hang the rope of the scroll on those hooks, and then you would go down to the portion that you wanted to read. And he was saying, hey, all of God's word hangs on these two points, right? But there's still an order. Um, I don't know about you, but have you ever really tried to do the second commandment well? when you're not really doing the first one. Your Jesus tank is empty, right? Maybe your sleep tank is empty. Yeah. It's two in the morning, right? Been up with the baby. You don't have a lot of patience for people, right? <laughs> the same way when our love tank with Jesus is empty. I'm just put this out there. I think it's a lot easier to love Jesus than sometimes the people around us, okay? <laughs> right? Just saying. <laughs> But when I'm overflowing in love of the Father, you know, and, and that, that devotion, I'm loving the Lord God with, you know, with your, all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. It's like even my mind. I love that, right? It's not just an emotional thing. It's a mental thing. It's an all-consuming. It says, you know, and then do the second commandment. And it's a lot easier to do that when you're doing the first one. Number two, Jesus wants to help you and me prioritize and build your life, right? He wants to help us prioritize and build our life. Um, another title I had for this message was build your life. You know, buddy came up with the, the juggle is, is, uh, is real. So um, thank buddy for that. And, but there's an order when we build things, Right? Again, there's an order, there's a pattern, there's a plan. And when it comes down to our priorities, it's one of those things where we need to look at these areas of our lives and ask the Lord to help us, right? You know, when I was juggling these balls and, you know, juggling the things that are in our lives, you know, whether it's work or family or home life or other things, bills, health issues, whatever it is, right? We need to go to God with these things and said, help us navigate our life. Help us put the right golf balls in first and the pebbles. And then, you know, the rest is sand and it's going to just creep its way in anyways, right? Anybody out there like a, a scheduler? You like schedule everything to the T. That's awesome. I need you to lay hands on me after the service <laughs> and everybody else, Right? I was, I was using the example of, of Tammy Ressler. She's a scheduler. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can do that in six months. And she's not fully joking, right? You know, because she's got all these things scheduled, right? But there's certain things that we need to put on the calendar. Put date night on the calendar. Amen. My wife is like, when, when is it coming up? So put vacations on the calendar, right? Put church on your calendar, Amen. Put the things that are important that are going to pour back into our lives. You know, those golf balls. We, we, we need to make you know, them a priority. But again, beyond that, we need to ask for God's wisdom on how to build. How do we do it? What does it look like? I remember when I was, um, first got saved and I was working on my sobriety. I don't know if anybody has been there. And uh, I think I had like five days sober which was good, right? It's good back then. And, um, and I remember getting high and just feeling like I totally blew it. Like, you know, you just like feel like, man, I was doing so good and now I blew it. And uh, I feel like, you know, you got the enemy all over you. And I remember like crying out to God and I'm like, God, I can't do this on my own. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. 
like a game show. I finally got the right answer. And I felt like God was saying, I was waiting for you to ask for help. Right? And so we come to the Lord with these things. When, again, a new baby comes into my life and I have to reprioritize. Right? Or something else happens. How do I get that schedule? How do I truly build my life? We got to go to him. Go to uh, the scripture, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says this. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Right? Uh, This is in the Passion Translation, if it sounds different to you. But I love this translation. And it says, we got to go to God with this stuff. Right? Tell him everything that's going on. Right? We got to pray into these things. We need to ask him to show up. Right? And God's going to give us peace. He's going to answer as we go to him. Again, and as we, you know, build our lives, and when we build, you know, anything, right? We need, you know, again, we, we need a plan. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Like, I've uh, got to build some things, get to build this, this uh, podium and um, communion table, and Rachel and I, we built the set behind us, and but if you look too closely, you'll see <laughs> all the imperfections, right? So don't look too closely, all right? But, but, you know, eyeballing it works sometimes, right? You know, ah, ever said, that'll do. Good enough, right? Or you like, nailed it, right? You know, most, most times you say nailed it, it's actually a joke, but... Um, But God is the master builder. God wants us, he wants, him, he wants us to ask him his input in our lives. Go to the next slide. The foundation matters. Turn to your neighbor and say the foundation matters. This is the leaning tower of Pisa or the tower of Pisa. And it didn't start out leaning. So if you, if you had a question, I've had that in my time. Like, hey, did this start? Did they build it like this? So it could be a tourist location. Everybody goes, takes a picture, right? Holding it up, right? No. Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody had the idea. No, that's not what happened. They built this tower, but the foundation wasn't big enough and strong enough, right? Soft soil underneath and the weight of it, it started to lilt, tilt, Right? And the foundation matters in our lives. What are we building on? Right? And again, as I've learned to, um, again, any other DIYers, DIYers out there, right? Just raise your hand. Right? Destroy it yourself. Right? Yeah. So more hands just went up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the foundation matters. The, the more I do little projects, the more that I'm into using levels and squares and measurements, right? Because again, sometimes that little mistake you make, right? If you're a little off in the beginning, you carry that through, you're going to be way off in the distance. I heard that I didn't turn this the first um, service, so you just, it's just for you. Uh, I forgot, um, or just came to me, I don't know. But um, I remember hearing you know, if people back in the day would fly from San Francisco, the Bay Area, to Hawaii on a small plane, not like a jumbo jet. This is before GPS, and now we've got some great, um, you know, things that keep us in alignment, know where we're positioned. But if they were off just by one degree, right, when they took off in flight, they'd be 60 miles out into the ocean, right? Some of those planes didn't have enough extra fuel to make it. And again, you start out, you're like, hey, it looks good. I've eyeballed it. It looks like it's lined up, right? But if we keep going down that path, you know, what can happen? We can get way, way off track. 
our building can be leaning, so to speak. Uh, and you're thinking, well, that was back then with the leaning tower. But anybody heard about the millennial, Millennium Tower in San Francisco? $100 million in repair. I don't have a picture, okay? But uh, I looked this up today, and they said it's like 18 inches. It is shrunk. Or it's, it's gone underground, and it's like 14 inches. And, like, oh, that's just, and I'm thinking, it's a build, big, big building. What's 14 inches? No, no, that's a big problem. Right? It's like 58 stories. It's a, it's a big deal, right? And in their case, one of the things that they said that added to the problem, they weren't saying it was 100% this fault, but they said there's other construction going on right around the foundation. They're even doing a tunnel, right? Like a BART tunnel, right? And transit tunnel. And one of the things they're saying is that part of that foundation was undermined, right? And so maybe you started on a solid foundation, right? You started well. You started on the solid foundation. But other things have come in and started to undermine that foundation. And now you're starting to tilt, right? You're leaning. And, and even with the Tower of Pisa, one thing I, I read about it is it, it was leaning more at one point, and so they did shore it up, but they're like, hey, we still want it to be leaning, you know, so just keep it as a, what it is. But again, it was going more, and they're like, we don't want it to fall. Found, turn to your neighbor and say, foundations matter. <laughs> and is anybody, again, we're talking about Ikea furniture or putting something together. We talked about the order. And I don't know about you, but the older I get, and I kind of like to put things together. I like to build. Who would say you like to put things together? It's like a challenge. Yeah. Some people are like, yeah, half the time because it drives me insane, right? You know? um, but you like this. It's a challenge. I remember I saw this. It was a, it was a comic for an Ikea job, applica- or a job interview, and it was just a, a flat box chair. <laughs> they had to put the chair together to like past the application, right? And it was funny. But, um, and, but the more I do it, it used to be when I'd look at plans or directions, I'd kind of read through it, look at my stuff, and then I would just go from there. But again, I've done things wrong so many times. I was putting together a dresser, and I'm like, why is one of the boards unfinished? Is this a different model? Did I get the wrong model? No, I put it on backwards, right? <laughs> And I love doing this too. Like if you put something together and you have somebody like, you know, your, your wife or family member and you're like, oh yeah, check it out. Like sit on it or, you know, and then like, where are all these extra screws come from? You know, like sometimes we do have extra screws. Okay, that's another illustration. But what I do now, when I look at the manual, right? When I look at the manual, I, I'm just like meticulous. It says all the different screws and bolts, in pins, I put, oh, I got six of them. Okay. I got the short ones. I got the long ones. I got A, B, C parts, right? I lay it all out. I go back to the manual. Okay. Now let's go to step one. And I've learned to do that the older I get. And when I get stuck, what do I do? Go back to the manual, right? If everybody worked on a car and you're like changing your brakes or something and you're like, don't take them both sides off right away. Take one half off, and then you can go back to the example on the other side, right? Oh, that bolt goes there, right? So I've learned the hard way on all these things, right? Well, when it comes down to these priorities in our life, as we ask the Lord to give us his direction, his input on our lives, because, you know, like raising our kids, we only get one shot. Dustin likes to say, you get 18 years or they're in your house, Right? And it's like, you don't want to, these things you don't want to mess up, right? So it's not like you just check the box when it comes to these things. You want to do it the right way. You want to do it God's way. You don't want to just put a date night on the calendar and be like, oh, been there, done that, you know? It's like, no, you, you, you want to be a good husband, right? You know, we're having a marriage conference coming up, October, just saying, it's going to be awesome. Put that on the calendar, Okay. But again, God's word truly is a manual for our lives, right? It's a manual for our lives. Uh, We used to say this back in the day. I haven't heard it for a while. Brought it back. What does the Bible stand for? Basic instruction before leaving earth, right? 
Turn to your neighbor and say that. That was good. That was good, right? And, and I think we used to talk about it more of like salvation and what happens, you know, like I got to get this stuff together before I move, right? But I think it's also the instructions you have while you're here on earth. You know what I'm talking about, right? This is the manual for living, right? Again, some things don't ever bought something that doesn't come with a manual. Now you can try to find it online, right? And my wife, when I got married, she didn't come with a manual, if anybody's found that manual, you can talk to me after the service, right? Kids don't come with a manual, right? How do I do this? Well, we need to go to God's word. God's word speaks on just about everything we're going to encounter in a general way, okay? And I'm just going to use a few scripture references just to show us what I'm talking about. In, in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, it talks a lot about husbands and wives and parents and kids and employees, employers, stuff that we all deal with. And, and so these are just what I would call little summaries. And, and again, this is your homework today. Say my homework. Say it like you mean it. My homework is to read Ephesians chapters 5 and 6. Take you five minutes, okay? Right? Just, just read it. And Again, these are little tidbits of what it talks about. Again, I'm a husband, right? Maybe I should look what the manual says on how to be a good husband, right? And uh, I, this, this actually, this little summary here, I think it's out of the message translation. It says, go out, go all out in your love for your wife, right? I, and I, I remember posting that back in the day on like my Facebook page just as like a status, right? Just like, I didn't put, I didn't put the Bible. I didn't put, you know, I just put it on there. Had all these likes. They were all women, <laughs> right? They're like, amen, bro. Some people didn't even know it was the Bible. They're like, that sounds good. Go all out in your love for your wife, right? And it get, again, it talks more about what a husband's supposed to do, washing, her in the water of the word, you know, laying your life down, sacrificing. You know, it goes on and on. It talks about what being a good husband is. Um, this is my own little, my own little uh, um, summary for wives. You know, again, I want you to read this. This is your homework, but respect your husband, right? That's the main thing that we want as husbands, right? You ever see a movie and there's a fight with dudes? It's like, you disrespect me, right? Every time, right? <laughs> Every time. You disrespect? Yes, yes, right? That's the thing that we can't, you know, stand. And, and again, there's a, God has given us, you know, different giftings and different roles in the household. So I want you to read this. Read this, what it says for wives to do. To respect their husbands and, and respect that role that they have in their lives. Um, children, I love this one. Obey your parents. Only if it was that easy, right? See, Emma, this is what it says. Say yes. Obey. The first time. But it goes on to say, like, if you are, you know, children, you're going to have a long life if you do this. If you have wisdom, you're going to come and do this. Parents, again, I'm a parent, apparently. A parent. Figuring this out, it is hard to do. But it says, raise them up with loving discipline right? First I read this, I'm like, oh, I get to love to discipline them, right? Like, I'm going to love, no, 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 it's not what it means, right? It says, do it in a loving way, right? And I don't wake up in the morning saying, you know what? I get to discipline my daughter today, right? I get to have a couple timeouts and some tears. With girls, there's always tears. Have you noticed that? My life is just going to be tears and tears and tears, doesn't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Let's pray for me later, right? Um, it does. It does. And I've got really cute girls, so I am, I'm in trouble. Just put it that way. Um, but again, there's certain things in this list that I'm not passionate about. Okay? We talked about priorities. Asking the Lord, what are these things that are so important that we need to lock in? We need to put those golf balls in first, 
right? Don't let anything take the, their place, the time, the effort that they need in our lives, right? And then I talked about purpose. One of the ways that we need to figure out if something is, is going to stay, if it's going to make it into that jar, is what's the purpose, right? Is there meaning? Is there purpose in this thing? Is it sparking joy? Is it fulfilling a need I have in my life? And passions is next because, again, you know, not everything that has a purpose, I'm passionate about. Again, I'm not, I don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, I get to go discipline my daughter. I, I get to wake up at two in the morning and just rock my, and my wife does more than this. I'm, I'm you know, I, I definitely do a lot less than she does when it comes to this. But again, those are the things that you wake up to do that are like, I am so passionate about this. And I think something in our society right now is like, hey, run after your passions. That is true. But guess what? Do the right thing. Even when you don't want to. Right? That's what we need to do. We have our priorities. We have things that have purpose in our lives. If it doesn't have purpose... And again, even your passion should come along after that. Because if you're passionate about something, you'll, you'll get to work it into your life, yeah. right? But certain things are going to have to go, you know? And certain things just have to be put on the back burner, right? That, next, that Netflix series just dropped, you know, all of season three, right? Well, maybe there's other priorities that God is saying you need to do first. Not that you'll never watch it. That'll be on Netflix forever, Right? You might have to put that on the back burner. But we have to go back to the manual. There's those things that matter. Next thing it talks about is employees. They should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect. Have you ever done like a meeting? You're like a team leader or a supervisor. You have a meeting and it's like nobody's paying attention. Maybe right now. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Bible's very clear. Listen to your boss. Listen to your supervisor. It's not the only thing it says. It says obey them. It says, you know, work even when they're not looking. Yeah. Right? So again, I saw this comic, and it was, a, it was a work environment, and the boss came up to somebody and said, hey, why aren't you working? And he's like, oh, I didn't see you coming. Right? <laughs> That's not the kind of employee that we're called to be in the kingdom, right? We all have to work. Let's use it as a testimony, right? Let's, other people look at our lives and say, yeah, 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 that's the kind of employee that I want. And, and it says employers, to serve your, your employees with wholeheartedly with love, right? And these go back and forth, all right? Guess what? If you serve, like if you know your boss can count on you even when they're not around, right? They're going to probably favor you. They're probably going to respect you. They're probably going to even love you. And if you feel loved by your boss, you're definitely going to work hard for them. So this goes back and forth, right? You know, so, so it's, it's not a hard thing. Um, and again, that's just two chapters of scripture that talk about these things, Right? So if there's an area in your life where you're like, hey, I need to learn how to do this better, right? Having a challenge in my marriage. Okay, let's go back to the word. I've got a challenge with my parenting and my kids. Let me go back to the word. Right? Give me go back to the manual and figure this out. And guess what? There's other people in the body that have figured this out and are really good at this. And you can say, pray for me, help me, teach me. Discipline my kid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, do the work. Okay, Acts 2, 42, verses 47. And, and I talked about one of those golf balls is church, right? Church. And I'm preaching in the choir because you guys are all here, right? On a holiday weekend. I love it, right? You know, because you've made church a priority. You said, you know what? I'm going to do this. This is a priority in my life. This is one of those things that I schedule my life around because there's value here. And the early church did it this way. In Acts 2, 42 through 40, 47, we're not going to read it. Again, these are little summary statements, right? How did they do church back then? 
What were the golf balls? What were the things that they were focused on? It says they were focused on the word, right? Again, we start there. The apostles' doctrine, teaching, right? It says they were concerned with, they, were, they held steadfastly in prayer. Every Wednesday, we're praying from 7 to 8 here. Worship, it's a great night. Who comes out to prayer on Wednesdays, right? Let's try that again. Who comes out to prayer on Wednesdays? It's good. Okay, all right. We'll do it again later. Um, but we have a prayer room that's open Monday through Friday. You can go pray in there. And by means, that's not the only times you can come and pray at church, okay? But the early church, they're focused on prayer, right? How do we do how do we do this church thing? They were focused on fellowship, right? That koinonia, when you get together and you're encouraged, right? And people speak into your life. Avi was, was teasing me about it, right? You know, those people that encourage you. Those people that will make the time to have a cup of coffee with you, right? Those people in our lives, that kind of fellowship, that kind of koinonia, that's what they were focused on. Guess what? Life groups are going to be dropping next week, okay? Some of the groups have already started, which is awesome, but we're going to have all the cards out, right? This whole month we're saying, hey, you know, check out a group, discover your tribe, okay? There's new groups forming. We're going to have a singles group. It's going to be hanging out after church, right? We're going to have a Portuguese group, a, a Spanish group, you know, different co-ed groups, different, different things happening. We're going to have one down, um, we're having a hiking group. We're having all these different groups happening, right? And there's, there's, there's this fellowship aspect. That's so good. And it also it says they broke bread together, right? People are like, they made pizza. No, I'm just kidding. Um, obviously, that, that also speaks of communion, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit. And one of the things that they did is they gathered together in large meetings, can we give it up for the worship team? I think they're all hiding, right? Right? I don't know where they're. And we just had a, it was a great time of worship. It's powerful when you get together with the faith, the corporate faith that you have, right? When the body is there, the band kicks in, person comes up and prays, you know, somebody else is praying for you, you're excited. It's like sometimes you, you came in one way, right? And you leave another way just because of the atmosphere of the large gathering right? But it says that was one of the things they focused on, but they also met house to house daily, right? I say the realest ministry happens in the kitchen, right? Not in the foyer, not in the dining room, in the kitchen, that place of intimacy. Usually like in life groups, I tell my life group leaders, usually the deepest ministry happens when most people leave and it's just the afterglow, and it's just you and another person, maybe you and a couple people, and they open up, and you get to pray and minister into their lives, right? That is important. Community is one of those things that you need in your life. It's one of those golf balls. You need to make this uh, a commitment to community. And in John 13, verses uh, 37, says this. It says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Turn to your neighbor and say, blessed are you if you do them. Basically, it's saying you need to do the word. It's one thing to know about it, right? And it's another thing to do it, right? Uh, I heard of this, uh, he's this financial kind of guru mentor guy. He mentors business people. And, you know, he works for these different, you know, CEOs. And you go take his, his seminars and read his books and, and somebody said, well, what do you really do? What, do you, what is your job? And he said, this is what I do. I get people to do what they really don't want to do so they can get what they really want. Right? And sometimes we're not going to get what we want and what we need and the, find the blessing and the healing and the breakthrough and the peace unless we do some of those things that we don't want to do right? It's not just a passion thing. Sometimes our passion wanes, right? Sometimes, has anybody ever like said, hey, you know, I'm not really feeling church today. <laughs> that was me this morning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I've been there, right? And doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? 
So we need to be doers of the word. It also says it this way. It says, so now put into practice what I've done for you. And you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. Put into practice. Do the word. Let's go ahead and we're going to have our worship team come. And uh, there they are. We're going to get ready for communion here in a moment. John 10.10 10 says this. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Right, again, this is the, the passion translation. God has come to give you abundant life. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has come to give you abundant life. Let's try that again. God has come to give you abundant life. God wants you to live life to the fullest. Right? Maybe some of us need breakthrough in one of these areas of our lives. Maybe in our marriage, maybe with our kids, maybe with our parents, maybe in our health, right? Maybe in our relationship with the Lord. You know, maybe we've, we, we started on this, the solid foundation of Jesus and some undermining has happened or we slipped off, right? Maybe you've never put your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Maybe this whole time you're like, hey, I'm just doing it my way right? Have you ever done it the hard way, right? School of hard knocks. I don't know if you get a passing grade or, you know, I don't know how that works, but there's something about surrendering that to God and saying, hey, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to take your word and I'm going to live it out in my life. Does that make sense? I'm going to do the word. I'm going to build my life. I'm going to let the Lord help me with my priorities and truly build my life so that I can have everlasting life. I can have abundant life. I can live life to the fullest so that I can be truly blessed. Again, Jesus said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. You guys want to be blessed today. You guys want to be happy today. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to move to the Lord's table. I'm just going to have our team, um, just meet Pastor Isaac there. He's going to start distributing, or they're going to start distributing the elements today. And something the early church did, and I encourage you to have a communion service outside of the church. Do it in your home. Do it in your life group, right? Do it with your friends. Bring this celebration that we do, this holy time of reflection. Don't just do it on Sundays here. But one of the things about community that I love is that we're really going back to the core of our faith. And we're going to take together, so just... As they pass them out, just hold on to them until I say, and then we'll, we'll all take them together. But you guys can start passing. Um, one of the things about the communion table that's over there, that's, again, I was joking about it not being perfect, right? Well, there's, it's cracked. It's split. It's warped, right? Jesus died on the cross. He was broken for our sake so that we could have everlasting life. The amazing thing about the cross is that we get what he deserves, right? Everlasting life, abundant life. And he got what we deserve, the cross. And there's an amazing exchange that happens right now, right? There's an exchange that happens. And this is, the cross is always a good time uh, of reflection. And I just feel led to, you know, we try to do this every Sunday, but have a response time. Again, maybe, maybe you started well and you started on that firm foundation of Jesus Christ and something has come along and begun to undermine that foundation. 
and you're starting to lean, right? Get that lean going on. And today, maybe it's a sin issue, maybe it's just a distraction, right? Today's the day where before we take communion, you can just get right with Jesus right now. You can say, you know what? Jesus, forgive me. I received the cross all over again. I'm going to build my life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've never done that. Maybe your whole life you've kind of just done it your way, right? And you're having one of those moments like, like I did where I was like, I can't do this on my own, right? And the amazing thing says all we have to do is call on the name of Jesus and we shall be saved. It says confess with our mouth that he died on the cross for our sins and, and, and believe in our heart that he is Lord and Savior, right? We truly make him the Lord of our lives. It's a powerful exchange that happens. So, so if that's you today, I want you to do that work with Jesus. I think all of us, you know, there's, there's, there's something that we need to do. Last illustration I'm going to do. Well, never say never as a pastor, but... Uh, I had this whole idea of doing a plumb line and with a ladder and all sorts of stuff, but God changed my plan, so. This is a plumb line. One of the things it's used for is to find out if something's straight, right? How is the wall straight, right? You know, you measure from, you know, the same distance from the top as the bottom, right? Then you're, then you're straight. Right? This is the measuring point. This is, and this is the, like I said, the, the manual. This is the blueprint. And I believe right now, even as we take communion in a moment, God is going to release specific plumb lines in your life. There might be a, a situation you're in. Like, I don't know how to deal with this situation at work. I don't know how to deal with this situation at home. Right? But God is going to give you specific wisdom to answer that situation. Right? And God's word is going to go from general, right? Talks about husbands and wives to your wife or your husband. Right? But God's not going to get specific with us until we start to do the work. Right? We have to have, be paying attention to what God has already spoken. I don't know about you, but there's some seasons where I feel like I'm not hearing God. Just me, right? It's okay, right? I'll raise my hand for you because I think we've all been there, right? And you're like, God, I just, I feel like I'm not hearing what you're saying or you're not saying anything. And those are the moments that I need to say, first thing I do now, I've learned the hard way. I ask myself, have I been in the word lately? Have I been devouring what God's general will says, Right? Most of the time, sadly, you're like, he's a pastor, you know, like, usually the time, the answer is no. And all I need to do is get back into the word, and then God is going to speak to me in that situation, amen? And the cool thing about a plumb line, which is different than a laser, because, you know, not, not a, lot, a lot of people use lasers, right, which I'm, I'm all for technology, don't, don't. It comes from heaven down, right? So that's why I like this picture of a plumb line. God's word wants to come down right into your situation and speak to you and release blessing and breakthrough in your life. Amen? I'm going to pray here. One other thought on communion. There's a study that was done a few years back and, and they, they asked people the, the phrases that they like to hear. Right? So the top three phrases came out and I think they had a list of more, but the first one was, I love you, right? Makes sense, right? So turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. <laughs> this could be a church meme coming up, so okay. And if, if it's through your spouse or your, your child, your parent, say, I love you. Say it like you mean it, like I love you. The second phrase was, I forgive you. Right? Again, if it's a spouse or a child or somebody you're close to, say, I forgive you. Come on, do it. Katja, I forgive you. I don't know where you're at. The last phrase 
was this, dinner's ready. <laughs> so when we take communion today, okay, we've had our time of reflection. When we receive the, the body of Christ, which represents his body broken for us, and we receive the, the grape juice, <laughs> Lord, the wine that speaks of the blood that was poured out. You know, we're having a life exchange with Jesus, just like he's at the dinner table in your life. And he's going to speak to you today. Matthew 26, verse 26, he said, While other eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he says to his disciples, Take this and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. So let's just partake of the body of Christ today. Lord Jesus, today, Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken. Lord, your word says that by your stripes, Lord, we are truly healed. Lord, right now I pray for broken bodies here. Lord, anybody who's in need of a healing, Lord, I pray, God, that you would touch, Lord, and heal them right now. In the same manner, he took the cup. He said, drink it, all of you. This is my blood of my covenant, which was poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So let's partake today. Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for the blood. Lord, your word says, without blood being, being shed, there is no forgiveness or remission of sin. Oh, we thank you. Lord, that your blood was poured out so that we could have everlasting life, Lord. We thank you for the life exchange that's happening right here in our midst, Father. Lord, we thank you for resurrection life, Lord, that is flowing through our bodies right now. Lord, right now, I pray that you would specifically speak to people in whatever area that is moving on their heart, whatever situation they need a word from you, God. Lord, release a plumb line. And all God's people would say, Amen.